Before we get to the podcast, I have a gift for you. I love bringing hope to you each week through this podcast. Hope is such a beautiful gift and one that I definitely like to share. For the times in my life when I needed hope, I open my Bible and allow God's Word to speak to me. As a gift of hope to you, I've created a prayer journal, Seven Days to Refuel Your Hope. This journal shares my journey through some of the most hopeless times in my life and the biblical verses that brought me back to hopefulness. My prayer for you is that this journal will help you to refuel, refresh, and realign your hope. You can download this free journal by visiting my website, dianebells.com, or clicking on the link in the show notes. Are you facing a storm that you're not sure how to get out and to the other side? On today's podcast, I offer five tips of how I stayed calm and peaceful during the eye of the storm called Hurricane Ian. Have you ever felt hopeless, like nothing good could ever happen again? Well, I have, and that's why I created the Hope Station. Each week, you will hear amazing stories of hope from people just like you, people who have transformed disastrous, disappointing, and depressing events in their lives into messages of hope, turning tragedy to triumph, pain to purpose, crisis to new careers, all through the power of hope. So sit back, relax, and pull into the Hope Station, the place where you can refuel, refresh, and realign your hopes and dreams. Thank you so much for pulling into the Hope Station. Before we get started with the podcast, I would like to give you a gift, a gift of hope, and that is a seven-day prayer journal that I have created from my most hopeless situations and the biblical verses that brought me back to hopefulness. If you would like a copy, all that you have to do is click on the show notes, prayer journal, or you can visit my website, dianebells.com. I hope that this journal will bring you as much joy and peace as it did to me as I created it for you. Hello, and welcome to the Hope Station. I'm your host, Diane Bells, and I'm also today's guest. This episode goes live one week after Hurricane Ian hit my new home state of Florida and the first time I've ever experienced a hurricane of this magnitude. What I wanted to talk to you about today is hope through the eye of the storm. September is a very challenging month for me, full of sadness as I mourn the deaths of my husband, my daughter, my father, and three of my brother-in-laws. I was finally lifting out of the sadness that grief so often brings, and then Ian came to visit. Throughout my life, when I needed to make major decisions, my husband Joe was by my side. We made life decisions together. Now for the first time, I had to decide what to do with the storm heading right towards my new home all by myself. What do I do with the storm? Do I stay or do I go? I had so much to be concerned about and who do I turn to 
to help me make this decision. What I would like to share today are the five steps I use to make this decision and to stay calm in the eye of the storm. Whenever a crisis occurs, there are many people we can go to for advice. With so many differing opinions, I decided I needed to make this major life decision God's way. And I did that through these five steps. And step number one is prayer. Step number two is listening. Step number three, preparing. Step number four, praise. Step number five, gratitude. Step number one, prayer. Over the last 24 years, each of my life-altering decisions has been made through the power of prayer. And I have to say, God hasn't steered me wrong once. Prayer puts us into this wonderful place of surrender. Believing that God is all-knowing, he's all-powerful, he's all-loving. He has got us in the palm of his hands. He bends down to listen to his children when we reach up to him in prayer. My prayers are nothing fancy. It's a child speaking to her father. I just sit down and ask the Lord, what should I do? That's it. What should I do? Help me make this decision. I ask the Lord to guide me, to protect me, to assure me, and to help me to say yes, no matter what my human brain was saying, to what he was telling me to do. So often I've had other people ask me to pray like I have some special prayer connection, some super fiber optics or whatever that goes straight to God. I don't. There's no special incantation, some magic that goes with it. Prayer is a conversation. Prayer can be a continual conversation with God, and that's what I was doing most of my days, and especially as I was preparing to face a storm. So I brought my request to him, just help me make this decision, Lord. What should I do? And the answer I heard was stay. Just that word, stay. I generally get one or both of these levels of confirmation. The first, I get these Holy Spirit tingles running down my arm. And this is all the confirmation I need. These tingles tell me what I heard is true. What I'm doing, what I'm saying is from God. And I have them right now as I speak to you on this podcast. As I was writing out this script, I had those Holy Spirit tingles as well. The second is this beautiful, inexplicable peace, a peace that is beyond all understanding that God promised to give to us when we trust in him as we weather through any storm. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Philippians 4, 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
and our mind is wanting us to be safe and wanting us to run scared. It's running to protect us. And it can make us run in the wrong direction. Our heart can reach out and listen to other people. But when I am trusting in the Lord, my mind and my heart are calm. There's a longer version from the message version of the Bible that I recently became familiar with. And it's just about this wonderful piece. So I want to read that to you. Don't fret or worry. Instead of worrying, pray. <laughs> Let petitions and praises shape your worries into prayer. Letting God know your concerns. Before you know it, a sense of God's wholeness, everything coming together for good, will come and settle you down. <laughs> It's wonderful what happens when Christ displaces worry at the center of your life. Don't you want God's peace today? In a time where people are more anxious and stressed than ever before, God's word might be the answer. Just listen to those two different versions of that verse. And that's what I felt. A peace beyond all understanding. That's when I want guidance and direction. I turn to prayer, my own GPS, God's prayer system. So pray. When you're feeling you don't know what to do, pray. When you're feeling anxious, pray. When you need to make a major choice, pray. When you are just feeling out of sorts, pray. No matter what the circumstances, please just pray. Stop. Have a conversation. God already knows what's on your heart. He just wants you to speak it to him, to surrender to him, to just sit and be at peace in his presence. Number two, step number two was to listen. I was 100%, 100% confident that I heard the Lord tell me to stay. And then my little brain started going, well, where are you to stay? In Florida? In my apartment? I wasn't sure. In my listening, I once again remember that God is all-knowing, all-powerful, and all-loving. I can't say that's true for anyone else I could turn to for answers. Really. I believe that he would continue to guide me, and sometimes, sometimes that guidance can come from others. So during this crisis, we can hear from those who love us and they want to offer their advice. They want to protect us. And so often what happens is they're giving advice from a fear perspective. They want to feel a sense of control. So they're guiding us along what they are listening to. And if they're not listening to the word of God, they can guide you in the wrong direction. My family would have felt a whole lot better, I'm telling you, if I would have just got in my car and driven back to New Jersey. But was New Jersey going to be 100% safe? Was the highway going to be clear? We had no idea what the direction of this storm was going. We had an idea, but storms tend to do what storms want to do. Did I want to be safe? Of course, 100% I wanted to be safe. I don't have either a death or dismemberment wish. I'm a pain avoider and not a major risk taker. Did I listen to my children? Yes, I did listen. And I was so thankful for their care and concern. And trust me, I felt their pain when they lost contact with me about 1230 on Wednesday. Their cells were silent and they did not hear from me for seven long hours. 
as a parent, I felt their pain, mostly because the pain they gave me while I was growing up. I would wonder and worry, are they okay? Where are they? I haven't heard from them. And guess what? They weren't reaching out to me. So I don't know if this is payback. That sounds awful. But it seems that the roles have reversed a little. And now instead of me worrying about them, they're worrying about what they see as their crazy mother who moved to Florida all by herself. And now she's staying put in a Category 4 hurricane. Did I listen to the weather forecast? Sort of. They were right that a storm was coming. And it was a big one. They got that right. Where it was going to land seemed to change daily. You know, my son was telling me, it's coming right at you, Mom. And I'm like, Venice hasn't been hit by a storm in 100 plus years. His reply, it's about time. But I also realized that the weather station has great technology but they have a success rate that is not 100%, not even 50%. Storms, again, like I said, tend to do what they want to do. Ian was a shapeshifter for sure. I paid attention to what they said, but knowing that what they were telling me, there was no guarantee that they would get it 100% correct. So who did I listen to? Well, one of the things I did is I listened to the people who lived in my apartment complex. They weren't saying to stay. They were giving me information. The building I lived in, that I do live in, is only three years old and was built to withstand winds up to 140 miles per hour. They also talked about the high impact windows. And most of the maintenance staff have lived in Florida for a long time, if not their entire life. I also listened to the locals since this was not their first hurricane and they knew it wouldn't be their last. Then I listened to my church friends. Their advice was to pray and stay, confirming what God had put on my heart. On Monday, I decided to go golfing with my golf buddy and she has a beautiful new home that's also hurricane protected a generator, and she told me a case of wine. She offered to let me stay at her home. Quite frankly, I didn't want to be alone in the storm. I said yes to her gracious invitation. Monday night, I packed up my car, and I was ready to go to her house. Then for some inexplicable reason, I went back to my car and brought everything back into my apartment. This has happened several times in the last couple of months. It's like I'd make a decision and then someone else comes in, I'm going to say it's spirit-led, and makes a whole other decision. And that decision was the right decision. Stay meant to stay where God had planted me, and that was in my apartment. And then I need to remember, I am never alone. Step number three, I prepared. So my friend Deb with the beautiful house was was helpful and advised me on what I needed to do to get ready through the storm and the days that would follow. See, the storms we had in New Jersey, you know, it was mostly snowstorms. I've been through ice storms and blizzard, and my husband said, we have enough food. The roads are usually cleared in a day or two, and we can survive. And that was more or less my mentality, but not realizing 
with these hurricanes, how long electricity could be out. I'm hearing that there might not be electricity down in Fort Myers for months and months. So I heeded her advice and I'm really grateful that I did. What she instructed me to do was have plenty of cash on hand in case the ATMs or the banks were closed to keep my gas tank full, to fill my bathtub with water, which I couldn't do since I don't have a bathtub. So instead, I filled my washing machine. Stock up on water and non-perishable food items. Have bags of ice ready to protect perishable food. Keep your phone and chargers charged. Buy batteries and have flashlights. Of course, this is what you should do. This is what every website, the Red Cross, they tell you to do these things. And you know who used to do these things? Joe. So I was really at a loss of what I should be doing to prepare for this storm. One of the funny things is that my cousin advised me that I should move my car to a higher place, that maybe the public's parking lot across the street from me would be a better place. So I was going to heed that advice. I got into my car and was ready to drive over to Publix when I just backed up and put it right behind me in another parking space. Boy, am I glad I listened once again to that spirit because the Publix parking lot was a lake. So preparation can do two things for us. And one of it is it keeps us busy as the storm gets closer and it gives us confidence that we can get through this for several days. It feels like we're doing something. Preparation also keeps us busy. It kept me busy, keeping my mind off what was going on. I was saying, oh, I have to get this, I have to get that. And we humans need to do something to feel in control and to feel like we're prepared. And that's what the preparation did. I prayed, I listened, I prepared, and now it's Wednesday morning. For the last couple months, I've been meeting with a group of Christian business leaders via Zoom. Lucy the liar, who I call my anti- <laughs> anti-Diane, she's really against me, was encouraging me not to join the call. My hair wasn't washed. I still had things that I thought I needed to do. And I am so glad that once again, I listened to that still small voice and joined the call. During the call, one of the ladies had shared with us a situation that she was in where she felt that God had really shown up for her. And that was when both her and her husband were deployed to Iraq, leaving their two small children. She had been praying that they return home safely, and God had instructed her she's not praying big enough. She needs to pray that she will return whole, body, mind, and soul. She shifted her prayers, and thankfully, both her and her husband returned home safely to their children. These ladies also lifted me up in prayer. They offered encouragement and just hearing their stories of times that they were challenged, times where they felt hopeless and God had came into their life and interceded. I'm so grateful again that I said yes. So that's what, you know, just looking at your prayers, are we lowballing it? <laughs> are we really saying, God, I not only want to survive this storm, I want to be able to learn a lesson through this storm. That's always what I'm looking for. Lord, what are you teaching me through this storm? So I just love stories like the one that Pat told us in our um, group 
And that's why I love the Hope Station. Stories have the power to shift our perspective while gaining insight into other people's lives, what they've been through. There are lessons that provide us instructions on how to overcome circumstances that we might not be faced with, but we can use in the circumstances that we do face. They are such good lessons for our lives, and that's why I'm sharing my experience with you today. And a lesson I needed to hear that day was really to pray differently. The ladies all lifted me up in prayer, and I felt protected by the armor God. I was ready for the storm. So the armor of God uh, comes from a passage in the book of Ephesians, and it describes what we must do to get ready for battle. And this storm was a battle. So it says to put on the belt of God's truth. So what was God telling me? His truth was stay. Put on the body of armor, and that's God's righteousness. God is right. He's true. He can't lie. He's not going to say something different. He doesn't change his mind. I love that. He is right all the time. That the shoes of peace. I had these shoes of peace that God's good news was going to get me through. There was a shield of faith uh, to stop the fiery arrow of the devil. And I am so grateful every day for my faith. I don't know how I can get day by day through the day without my faith. I don't know how it would be to have faith in these, how to live without faith in these storms. And then the helmet of salvation. So that was the belief that even if this was my last day, I knew where I would be in heaven. And that gave me peace. I have lots of friends up there, people I love dearly. My husband and daughter are there. My parents and in-laws are there. I have brother-in-laws and aunts and uncles. I would just hear them saying, welcome. I believe my daughter is part of the welcome committee into heaven, so (laughs) I felt good. And then the sword of the spirit. And this is the only, you know, uh, defensive mechanism that this armor of God talks about. And that is the word of God. I'm quoting to you from Ephesians. I talked to you about Philippians, and that was what I was putting on. I felt ready. (laughs) So I was thinking about all this. I started to chuckle like I was Kevin McAllister in Home Alone, (laughs) all the things that he was doing to get ready. I don't know if you remember the movie, but he went to the grocery store and he got his toothpaste (laughs) and dish detergent or washing machine detergent. And then he prepared so these robbers could not take hold of his home. He was going to protect it. And I felt like I needed to do that Kevin McAllister stand. (laughs) And just thinking of all the different things that he was doing, I get, oh, it was just so funny. But it's so good when these other memories come into your head, especially in times of stress. And it's just such a relief that you are (laughs) prepared. If Kevin can do it, you can do it, Diane. So one of the other things I do is most days I listen to praise music all day. It's coming on. Even when I'm working, I'll turn down the volume excuse me, so it's not distracting, yet it still fills my apartment with praise. So Wednesday, I went local and turned on Joy FM. Thank you for being here. 
because I loved hearing their voices of encouragement and they were giving some information about the storm. And that was great until I had radio silence. The internet went and my Alexa was shut down. I'm like, okay, you're all alone. Then I knew it was time to get <laughs> into my closet. I brought a lounge chair out from my lanai so I could sit in my closet. So I placed my flashlight, my phone chargers, I had books, I had a small cooler filled with water and kombucha and my snacks. I also brought in this workbook that I was using from my church and it was talking about the fall, was talking about God's creation, it was talking about how amazing God was and it was just the perfect workbook that I needed for this closet time. I sat in my closet in this chair and I was praying and praising and just thinking that I was sitting there not alone but with God and I was talking to him and I was telling him how great he was, how amazing he was. I was just looking at all the attributes of God and I just felt safe. I felt safe. I felt at peace. I felt so good. I fell asleep. <laughs> yes, I can fall asleep even in the craziness. I'll get to that in a second, but why was I in the closet? My son told me to watch out for tornadoes. I didn't realize that was a byproduct of these hurricanes. And, you know, water, wind, hurricanes, I'm going to go to what I believe was a safe space. I could close the doors into the bathroom and into the closet. And if glass was flying, I had some level of protection. See, I've seen The Wizard of Oz uh, way too many times. It was my daughter, my husband, and my granddaughter's, one of their favorite movies. It's, it was not mine. Tornadoes and alligators on my list or my list of things I'm afraid of. They're both unpredictable and hungry, and they both like to devour everything in their path. So I was in the closet also because I really didn't see, want to see what was happening outside. That would be like uh, watching the Weather Channel without any commentary. Uh, I wouldn't know what was going on, what their predictions were. So I just stayed safe and uninformed in my closet. Later, I guess about an hour later, I needed a cup of tea. I still had lights on at that time. And tea is my go-to comfort drink. So I went out into the kitchen. I took a peek out the window and saw uh, the storm is raging. And I made myself some tea. So as the water was heating up, I have an electric teapot the light started to flicker. I prayed for the cup of tea to happen. If the lights could stay on, at least until the water boiled. Well, the click to that teapot went up and the lights went down and I had my cup of chai tea. It was just warm and comforting and I went back into my closet. So now I'm without electricity, without the internet, and my cell phone went as well. There was no communication from the outside. I had no idea what was coming, when it would stop, and if it was headed my way. So back in the closet, I turned on one of the flashlights. I looked at my cell phone, how much, <laughs> how much uh, charge did I have? And I decided I'm gonna put on some more praise music and kept it going. And I took a nap. I can take a naps through almost anything. One of my <laughs> 
my husband's favorite bands was Santana, and he would take me to these concerts. And after a while, he wouldn't take me to these concerts because I would take a nap. See, I get overwhelmed by too much, too much noise, too much, I don't know, too many things just coming into my brain. I get overwhelmed. He would call it music. I would call it noise. And that drum beat and that bass beats, I would just take a nap. And as he would say, a very expensive nap. (laughs) I've also slept through two straight line winds when I lived in New Jersey that were happening in the woods behind my house. I would wake up to the roar of chainsaws throughout the neighborhood. They were cutting down the trees that had fallen and we were spared both time through these winds. Nothing hit our house. So I just feel this trust. That's all I can say. So sleep was good. And it's also a sign that I am trusting because I can't do anything when I'm sleeping right. There's no protection. There's nothing. It's a sign of trust for me. Then I woke up, I lowered my lounge chair and placed my feet into very wet Skechers. (laughs) Water had poured into my cozy little closet retreat and out into the bathroom. Now I had to get up and get to work. I grabbed every towel I had in the closet. I didn't have enough. When I ran out of towels, I pulled down blankets. I got airy rugs. I picked up a dustpan. I was bailing and bailing, trying to keep the water from coming into my bedroom, which also has a carpet. I had to leave my closet retreat because I'm not sure how much water would be coming in. And I decided I was going to sit in my living room. I pulled up the shades and started watching the storm. The power of that storm was incredible. The roaring of the wind that was blowing through the breezeway behind my closet sounded like the speed line station that would take me from New Jersey to Philadelphia. The trains were coming one after the other as a howling wind blew through. When I looked out, I started to think this really feels like a battle of good and evil. I would see the storm start to recede, the winds calm down, the trees straighten out, the winds started going straight down and not sideways, and then it would come again, roaring at us. And it reminded me of a story from the Bible of how Moses was standing on the hill watching the Israelites in battle. And when his arms were raised high, holding on to his staff, the Israelites were winning. And whenever he lowered his arms because he was too tired and he was old, the enemy would come full force. So his brother Aaron and one other guy, who I forget his name, would hold up his arms so that he and the Israelites could win the battle. That's what I was seeing in front of me, this battle. And I really felt this wall of protection, like angels were outside of my apartment, making sure that the storm didn't come towards me. That was my vision. And I felt so blessed. Finally, the storm had quieted down. And around 9.30 p.m., my cell phone came alive and I was getting dings from all these messages from friends and family members trying to check on my status. 
Let me tell you, it was a beautiful reunion when I was able to call them and hear their voice and also to know that their fears would now be calmed. Uh, my son and granddaughter started sending me pictures of what was going on throughout Florida, especially down in Fort Myers and Sanibel and Captiva. The devastation was unimaginable. I just felt this overwhelming sense of, of peace and calm. And I felt, I felt, I felt saved. And then I felt sorrow for all of those who were not saved through this storm. This is raw and real. Just keep on going. I'm not even going to edit it. You're going to hear all my blips and that's just the way it's going to go. Because this is a raw and real story. So number five in how to stay hopeful in the eye of the storm is gratitude. Gratitude has always been a, a big part of my faith life. Even after my daughter died, I was grateful for all the blessings that came my way. It, when Joe died, I just am able to get in that space of gratitude. And it is essential for us to be able to do that. So the things that I am grateful for, I am, I'm grateful for my family. I'm grateful for a gracious and loving God. I'm grateful for friends, uh, for neighbors. A neighbor had recommended, you know, if you wanna come up and stay with us so you're not alone. They were checking on me throughout the storm and I really am grateful for that. I'm very grateful for our community that we live in. The maintenance staff, they, they responded immediately to take care of things and they are working hard. I'm grateful for my church and the prayers and the work that they're doing. Over 150 workers, volunteers will be coming into the church and I am going up there on Thursday to feed them and do whatever I can to help them. I am in all of people who, who leave their families to come and support others. It's just a miracle. And this is where we have to look and see God is working. Whenever you see good, God is working. Whenever you see evil, the devil is there. And then I remember not to let the evil one prevail in this destruction. Because too often when we see this level of death and devastation and destruction, we can wonder where was God? Why would a good God let this happen? What I've learned from my faith journey is I don't question God. Not that I don't ask him questions. I don't question what happens. His plans, his ways, I believe he still sits on the throne and is in charge. And it's hard to hear that he has plans for all of this, that he can take that destruction and devastation and he can bring good to it. Like my friend Eric, when his someone offered him a, a Airbnb to stay in until his home was rebuilt. That's where God shows up. He shows up in these line linemen. Uh, he shows up in these military, in our um, National Guard, in our church coming out and helping everyone. God is in all the goodness. 
When you see good, you know it's coming from God. I also believe that until Jesus comes again, evil continues to live. And if we allow it to thrive in our hearts and minds, we are part of the problem and not the solution. I want to be on the winning team. And in the end, through every trial and tribulation, God wins. How do I know that? Because I have lived it for the last 24 years through the death of my daughter, my parents, my in-laws, my husband, the death of my executive career. I saw the blessings of God in each and every one of those storms. These are the times that we need to either lean in to make sure that we do not lose our faith. The devil wants to come in and grab it, rip it out of our heart, rip it out of our mind, rip it out of our soul, and he used this death and destruction to do so. So I'm choosing to lean in, to keep praying, to keep being grateful. I lived the first 42 years of my life with minimal level of faith. I'm going to tell you, a minimal level of challenges. And then 24 years with faith that I am so grateful grows deeper day by day. So from my experience, living a faith-filled life is a better way to live. So please don't turn away and let the devil steal that from you. For most of us, he's taken enough. Don't allow him to steal that is which is most precious, and that's our faith, our hope, and our love. My hope is that the Lord will get us through this storm and those to come. When we can stand strong, as I said, with the full armor of God, we will prevail. Stand strong in your love for God, whose love, peace, and joy are absolutely inexplicable when you just surrender and let God be God. And let me tell you, my day in the eye of the storm proves that peace through any storm is possible. I want you to just trust that he's guiding you and wants to stay close to you and has you in the palm of his hand. Faith, for me, is a life changer. It is a life charger. It's a power source beyond anything that I or any other human being could create. My hope is that this podcast has brought you some peace, some comfort, and some calm during any storm that you might be weathering. So just remember, there's a process. There's some steps that you can take. And the first is to pray. Spend time with God, listen to him, ask him for his guidance. The second is to listen. Listen to what he's saying and listen to the others he's bringing in your life to help you make great decisions. The third is to prepare. We need to put a plan together. We need to get prepared for whatever storm is coming our way. The fourth step is to praise. You can either do that by listening to praise music and join in in song or opening to the book of Psalms. It is a great book to read when you're going through a storm and how to turn your problems over to God 
in praise. And the fifth step is to be grateful. God is a good God. He has given us so much. And I just feel it shifts our mind when we get into that space of gratitude. Find those little miracles along the way, no matter what the storm was. Find them and thank God for them. Be grateful. Wasn't that another great podcast filled with hope? What are you hoping for in your life? A new career? Stepping into your purpose? Starting your own podcast? Or finally writing that book? If you are ready to step into the plan and purpose God has for you, I have another gift. And that is to experience the power of coaching through a free consult call. Coaching helped me through my painful journey with grief after my husband died. Coaching eased me through my first year in Florida when I wasn't even sure why the Lord brought me here or what his plans were for me. Coaching brought clarity to a very confused mind. Coaching was essential in making the hope station a reality. A dream came true working with my coaches. Coaching has also brought hope to hundreds of my clients who stepped into their purpose and passion. To schedule our hope chat, otherwise known as a consult call, you can click the calendar link in the show notes or visit my website, dianebells.com. This coaching call could be exactly what you need to ignite a spark of hope in your life. Hope might be just one call away. Why wait? Schedule your call today. Thank you so much for pulling into the Hope Station. My hope is that this podcast is a place where you come to to refuel, refresh, and realign your life with hope. So please join me next week for another hope-filled podcast. If you love your weekly dose of hope, please provide a rating and recommendation on the app that you listen to this podcast on. Ratings and recommendations will ensure that the Hope Station is heard by others needing more hope in their lives. To make sure you don't miss a podcast, please subscribe to the podcast as well. Thank you so much for helping me spread the message of hope. Before you leave, I have another free gift for you. What are you looking for in your life? A new career? Stepping into your purpose? Restoring passion in your everyday life? Are you ready to step into the new life God has planned for you? And he does have a plan for you. And that gift is to experience the power of coaching. Coaching helped me through my painful journey when Joe, my husband, died. Coaching eased me through this transition to move to Florida. I wasn't sure why the Lord was bringing me here and what his plans were for me. Coaching gave me clarity. Coaching was essential in making the Hope Station podcast a reality. A dream came true working with my coaches. Coaching also brought hope to hundreds of my clients who stepped into their purpose and passion and it all started with a free consult call. So schedule yours today. To schedule our Hope Chat, otherwise known as a coaching call, you can click the calendar link in the show notes or visit my website, dianebells.com. That's D-I-A-N-E-B-E-L-Z.com. 
This coaching call could be exactly what you need to ignite a spark of hope in your life. Hope might be just one call away. Why wait? Schedule your call today.